This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, October 27th, 2023. I'm Mark Bolonche. In the report this week, how to organize gig workers into a union, lessons from the Philippines. The Labour Start report about union events and singing. This is Radio Labour. As gig work on platforms such as Uber increases, workers around the world are fighting for their rights in many ways. In the Philippines, for example, the union central organization Centro has created a workers' charter of rights and is helping to organize gig workers into unions. How they are doing this was the subject of a podcast produced by the Solidarity Center in the United States. The center is the largest international labor rights organization based in the U.S. It has produced a series of podcasts entitled My Boss is a Robot. The latest podcast provides tips on how to help gig workers understand their rights and join a union. The podcast was hosted by the center's executive director, Shauna Baderblau. Organizing app workers in the context of a world in which technology is increasingly taking over the global economy and the wonder and the amazement of artificial intelligence and machine learning and apps and the internet, the wonder and the amazement of the possibilities created by all of that exponential growth also expose a real risk that companies are in fact consolidating power and undermining workers in the process of consolidating that power and wealth, that human rights are disposable. Meanwhile, in the Philippines, workers are developing a pushback, a charter of rights for a better future of work, and lessons for all of us around the world, union organizers and workers, to stand up against these trends. On today's show, we have two great guests, John J. Chan. He's an app driver with a degree in political science, also getting his master's degree in business. He's a volunteer organizer in Metro Manila, helping to bring app drivers together, working with lawmakers to get better regulations in place to protect platform workers. Second, we have Joshua Mehta, a veteran of the labor movement, working as a trade unionist in the field for three decades. He's the secretary general of Centro. And I'm sure he has plenty to say about platform apps taking over his country. Joshua Meta, you guys are organizing everywhere. That's what right. are the unique challenges that platform workers face, though, like specifically app drivers? I think it's a perfect question to start this discussion because you were right in your introduction. When you asked the question, what if you're working for a robot? I have a far more challenging situation. What if you were actually convinced that you're not working for anyone but yourself. That's precisely the big challenge that we're facing. The platform companies in the country have effectively disguised the employee-employer relationships that they have with their riders. But the bigger problem, many of the riders are actually convinced that there is no such thing as employee-employer relationship. And many of the problems that the workers in factories are exactly the same problems that they face, except that here, 
we have to convince them that there's something they can actually do. The lack of awareness of our riders portraying as a freelance uh, workers. Many of the riders thought that we don't have any labor rights. On a day-to-day when you're doing deliveries, you're working, how does it make a difference that you're considered a contractor or a freelancer and not a worker? The main difference is the rights we are getting from the company. As a, we're, we're not getting. We're not getting <laughs> yet. We agreed that we consider ourselves as independent contractor, not a regular worker. That's right. Such as a minimum wage, health, security, and other benefits. We don't have those rights. We don't have any rights at all as independent contractor because our law treated us as a separate company. If you look at this whole idea of being treated as independent contractor to its absurdity, in Davao City, all the riders are asked to pay for business permits. And when we ask why, well, that's because you're independent contractors. <laughs> so it's really absurd. It's really absurd. Is it easy to convince other drivers to join the union and join an organization to come together? Well, it's hard. <laughs> Obviously, it's hard because the riders are always uh, resisting to absorb any information that is against to their beliefs or the information that was given to them by the company. The unawareness is the most challenging factor that we experience. That's the reason why we have to step up and, and do a lot of work as, uh, as educators, being organizers. They were led to believe that they are independent, truly independent contractors, and that there's no employee-employee relationship. I'm wondering what organizations like Centro and app workers in general are trying to do to like fight back against this sort of deregulation of the workplace. It's a sector that's growing really, really fast. Nobody actually knows how many app riders we have. Yes, yes. There's uh, no data. Not even the Department of Labor can provide exact data, but we know it's growing. And second of all, it's not going to go away. This seems like to be the new normal. That in a way forced us to get into this sector and to try to learn about this sector and and try to organize things. We developed a charter of rights that came from the discussions that we had with the riders themselves. Charter of rights, uh, it enumerates the basic rights that the gig worker should have, a basic minimum wage, having a written contract, having a insurance, health insurance or accidental insurance, benefits such as social security services, basic labor rights. You can hear the full 20-minute interview with the union organizers from the Philippines on the center's website at solidaritycenter.org. Center is spelled C-E-N-T-E-R. Here with his report about union events is Labor Star correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week, our top story section included links to updates on the increasing number of journalists killed whilst working in Gaza, a huge march to kick off a union ban on highly unsafe engineered stone in Australia, and the national one-day women workers' strike in Iceland. 
Other top stories this week include the extension of the United States auto workers strike against Atlantis and the news that the union has reached a tentative agreement with Ford and the ITUC's call for the protection of labor rights in a global treaty on human rights and business. A random sample from our news pages includes articles about the struggle of media workers in Bosnia and Herzegovina to maintain press freedom, the move to challenge the South Korean government at the United Nations by that country's unions, and the international backing for the fight for a living wage for Bangladeshi garment workers. On our Working Women news page, you'll find lots and lots and lots of coverage of this week's women's workers' strike in Iceland, of course. But we also carried items about the lives and working conditions of Kenyan women sex workers and Filipina domestic workers in the UK, and why a recent victory that will see flush toilets on some Canadian construction sites is so critical for women construction workers. Stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week include items about a lack of rest breaks in a wide variety of workplaces in Canada, Australia, and the United Kingdom. In each of those countries, workers are having to fight, even go to court, in order to get the breaks that they are legally entitled to. Our health and safety page also had a number of items about the ongoing struggle of meta-workers in Kenya. The workers have been fighting mass redundancies for months, and Meta has responded by withholding their pay and other entitlements. This conflict originated when the workers, whose job it is to moderate and assess posts on Meta websites like Facebook, complained of the effects of their work on their mental health. Our current photo of the week is a shot of garment workers in Bangladesh kicking off negotiations with the government and with employers for a new sectoral minimum wage. Unions there, with the support of the global labor movement and the backing of campaigning NGOs, hope to pressure global brands to support their demand for roughly 200 euros a month. Labor Start hosts online solidarity actions at the request of unions around the world. This week, we'd like to highlight urgent appeals for online solidarity with trade union activists in Georgia, Iran, and in Mexico. If you can spare just a few seconds, you can do your part in these struggles by sending a solidarity message. Look for details of these and other campaigns on our site. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is Maggie Ketteback with a song produced by the Asia-Pacific Regional Organization of the International Trade Union Confederation, Equality for You and Me. Day by day women are silenced Facing fear, intimidation and violence Robbing us of freedom Rooted in centuries of patriarchy We want a life with dignity A world that upholds rights and equality Hatred
And that's it, labor news you can use. You can listen to our newscasts and features at radiolabor.net. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.